Hello and welcome everyone to Over and Back. Hope everyone is enjoying their day today. I'm recording this on a Monday afternoon, had the day off. Lots of basketball, a lot of basketball. Conference play kicked off last week in high school basketball, so we're going to talk about that, mainly the FEA. We'll talk about those, uh, the D1, the D2, D3 college guys uh, of the class of 22, and we'll talk about the other the other guys uh, from the state of Wisconsin that are playing D1 basketball as well. So we'll get to all of that. Not sure how long this podcast will be. We'll, it'll go as long as I want to discuss uh, certain things, focus on high school. FBA power rankings are up, are up on the website, theunintentional.com. You can go and find the my power rankings for the FBA. It's going to be updated every Monday morning typically, just on, on the, the previous week's games. But I'll have the rankings out there. There's rankings, and then there's just a, you know, a little paragraph of, of what I saw about each team as much as I can. I can't get to all these games as much as I would love to. I can't. So I rely on other people. I talk to other people about the games and how, how other games went that I didn't get to. It'll tell you, you know, their wins and losses for the week. It'll tell you their upcoming games. Just kind of give you a, a summary of, of where everyone kind of sits. So I just wanted to do a power rankings. People have, don't have time to listen to this podcast. Maybe they won't know this if they're not listening, but and they would just want to check out the power rankings, and they can just check out the power rankings. So FBA power rankings on theunintentional.com. That's going to be a uh, every Monday thing. So let's jump into it. We'll do, the, we'll do the college guys towards the end of the podcast. I'm sure most people are tuning in because they want to listen to the FBA stuff that happened uh, over the weekend. Started Thursday night, uh, went to the... Kimberly at Hortonville game, doubleheader boys and girls. It was, it was an ugly game. It was, it was one of the ugliest basketball games I have watched in a long time. It, 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 you could tell that it was the first game of, of the season. A lot of, a lot of mistakes, a lot of turnovers, a lot of missed shots, a lot of missed free throws, just not a good, crisp, efficient basketball game from both teams from from both teams they neither I don't think either coach would come to you and go I thought we played our best I thought we played pretty well I can't believe we lost that game or yeah I can't believe we we won so easy it was it was a bad game it was a bad it was a double overtime game on top of that as well so just to give you some, some stat breakdown Kimberly had 20 turnovers Hortonville had 14 so I, I, I didn't even tie Horton so Hortonville wins the game in double overtime 78 to 75 Kimberly was up I, I know they were up by 12 in the first half. It might have been even closer to 15, but they, they had a decent-sized lead. I think they were up 8 or 10 at halftime. And then Hortonville just kind of just kind of chipped away, chipped away. So, anyways, you know, like I was saying, Kimberly has 20 turnovers. Hortonville had 14. Kimberly shot 8 of 15 from the free throw line. Hortonville was 23 of 30. I feel like those seven missed free throws all came at the end of the game. There was some really bad free throw shooting at the end of this game by, by both teams. I think Hortonville let Kimberly kind of hang around towards the end with their missed free throws, and I think Kimberly could have possibly put the game away or won the game if they would have made their free throws. The game totally changed with with all those um with all the missed free throws. So I I make some notes as I'm as I'm at the game, I'm I I make notes, things I want to talk about on the podcast. So free throw shooting was one of them. A lot of missed layups, just a lot of missed not to say easy shots, but relatively easy shots. Shots that ten games from now these these teams are going to be hitting. Again, it felt you could tell that it was the first game of the year. Uh, another note I have: I thought Hortonville did a, a really poor job of of rebounding. If it, it, it felt like they had four guys outside of the three point line every 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 possession, and there was no rebounding at all. Uh, let's see. This is the one thing I wanted to I, people can people can respond to this that maybe know more than basketball than I do. So under un, there's. They're, they're under, there's under a minute to play. Hortonville's up by two, and they're in the double bonus. I don't understand. This happened three or four times in this game at different points towards the end of the game. They pull their rebounders from the free throw shooting. 
So you've got Hortonville shooting free throws, and you've got four Kimberly kids rebounding, and no Hortonville kids are all pulled back to half court. I, I don't understand it, especially especially just getting misses like the way they shot, they missed you know a bunch towards the end. I can someone tell me why you pull your rebounders? If you're gonna tell me, it's like oh you don't want any you know any stupid fouls or anything like that. Like it, typically when you miss free throws, they kind of they a lot of times will bounce further back into the guy that into the into the shooting the team that has possession, and you just pull it, and there's no chance of getting a rebound, and then. What you do is you allow the, the them to get the rebound and then bring the ball up without any kind of pressure so they get up two seconds to half, past half court. I mean, even less than that probably. Like, they can get it and go. There's no pressure. I, but I don't understand why these coaches pull the rebounders. What What is the – what's the downside if you leave rebounders in? Just I mean, I guess you could fear that you pick up a, a ticky-tack stupid foul. But I don't know. Someone someone needs to answer me that. Why, why would you – why do you pull your rebounders in a close game and just and just eliminate the chance of maybe getting an offensive rebound. I I didn't understand that, and it happened multiple times by Hortonville. And I had mentioned how sloppy it was. They they there was a time where they got a lane violation at, on a free throw, so they didn't even get to shoot the second free throw. This was one of those games. Like it was just like every both teams just tried to give the game away. Like it was like no one really wanted to win this game, but Hortonville ended up winning. Like I said, by three. Uh, what it means, big picture, I don't know. Uh, Silas from Hortonville, their big is apparently out for the season is what I've been told. That's a big blow for Hortonville. And it's not like the FBA is that big altogether. There are some teams with some size and things, but that would have been a nice, a nice guy to have a big body, a rebounder. Uh, now they'll have to, now they'll have to move forward without him. Um, again, from what I'm told. So as far as Kimberly goes, they played down in the Dells on Saturday against Hudson. They got a win there. So that's good. They got their first win of the year. They got Fond du Lac on Friday, and Hortonville, I believe, yep, goes to Oshkosh North on Friday as well. The game of the weekend, from my perspective, and the game that I was excited to go to, was Nina at Appleton East. As you guys know, not I'm I'm not on this Nina bandwagon yet. I I don't I I think they're good, but I don't see this top ten team in Division One. I. I just don't. And I and I talked about it in my previous podcast, FEA preview. I think they're they're just overrated. I think they lack size, and I just I wasn't was I wasn't sure what to get. So I got to watch them right play against Appletonese, who I thought could be would be a one or two in the FEA. But was was curious how the coaching was going to go because we have Turner Botts, who's a brand new coach. wasn't sure how it was going to look, but they've got two big D two scholarship players and a really good point guard in the church, Joey LaChapelle. So I have I had Appletonese uh, number two in my preseason. FEA, uh, what I thought was how the FEA would go. I think I had Nina four. So this was Nina's chance to prove me wrong. Uh, and they did. They did. They proved, they, they proved me wrong. So Nina ends up beating Appleton East by about 13. It was, it was a pretty close game up until probably midway through the second, but Cal Klesman goes absolutely off. He's got 45 points at halftime. Nina had 28. He had 23 of the 28 points. And I'm thinking about, and this, and the game was close. It was, it was close into the second half as well. And I'm just like, I don't, I, this isn't sustainable. I just, I didn't think it was sustainable to have Cal score all these points and none of the other players on his team, you know, get involved in any certain way. And then once they did, you saw is when the lead took off. You know, it was like a, you know, it was back and forth for a little bit and then they got maybe like a five point lead. And all of a sudden when the other guys started scoring a little bit more, then you saw Nina get to that, get push that lead to double digits, which is, it's just what you want to see. You don't want to see a kid dropping that many points because once 
it doesn't start. If the shots stop falling and no one else has touched the ball and no one else is, is comfortable, you run into losses. You just run into losses when you have one guy score that many points. So I saw it. I'm like, East is going to keep this close. This game, this Cal's scoring too many points. And all of a sudden it just kind of slowed down. And, other, and obviously, I mean, he scored 45. So he scored roughly the same amount of points in the first and second half. But Nina as a whole scored more in the second half than they did in the first half, obviously. So they were getting much more contributions from the other guys on the team in the second half than the first half was just all, it was just all Cal. Just some observations. I thought that this was just going to be a, we're going to get Caleb Glazer and Tyson Keel in the post and we are going to pound it in the post nonstop. Nina doesn't have many bigs. If any, they got one off the bench and we're just going to, I mean, Cal was guarding Glazer and Keel uh, for a lot of the game. And my thought was you pound in the middle, Cal, you want to guard the bigs? We're going to, we're going to, we're going to make you work on defense and and just keep on pounding inside. Now, I think it was the very first possession. Keel goes towards towards the middle. Cal's on him, and Cal flops. And that's that is as honest as it is. He flops. It's, it's it. It should have been a no call. Or you know what you do as an official? You call a block and be like, "Don't flop again." But they call an offensive. They call an offensive foul. They call a charge on Keel. So right there, it sets the tone, kind of for the rest of the game. And then you've got you know throughout the rest of the game, you've got these all these flops from multiple people some are called charges some are called blocks some aren't called at all it's just there was no consistency in the quote-unquote flopping that was going on in the game but it was I hated seeing it I cannot stand watching kids flail their arms around and flopping on the ground it's just it's just a bad look so that was just one thing that the officiating and I'll get to the officiating after I talk about this game a little bit because I have some other I've talked to some other people about some other games in the weekend but again in this game you could see that this was like the first game I mean I don't think there was multiple times in the second half where East did not have a player to inbound the ball to the church. Like Nina would score, there was a dead ball, whatever, and everyone's four guys are running down, down court and La Chapelle is just waiting in the backcourt, just waiting for someone to inbound the ball. I, I don't know how many times that has to happen before you're like, doesn't someone have a job to, to inbound the ball? So they, East looked really sloppy. I, they, they got away from the post. Uh, Keel at 28, which, I mean, he hit a few threes. Uh, I, we left with... I two, three minutes left, so I don't know how many he had at that point, but I was surprised he had 28 because it was not on post touches. They completely went away from Glazer and Keel in the post uh, way more than I would have, and I understand that there was a foul right away, but I just thought East was going to try to pound it in the post a lot more. You watch the game, and, and I was there was two things that I just kind of kind of noticed. One, I knew what I knew what Nina wanted to do. Like you can watch you can watch Nina and be like, "Yep, I got it. Everyone's moving around Cal. They're they're never in his way. They're they're in the right spots. They're there there was a there was a rhyme and reason for what Nina was doing." And then you watch East and you're like, "I don't know what I'm trying to see here. I don't know what what's being run." And it was the same thing with Hortonville in, in on Thursday night. I'm like, "What what offense am I even looking at here?" So it just didn't it didn't it's almost like they just rolled out the ball and just started playing pickup ball. So I didn't think I just didn't see much of a game plan from Appleton East where I, you can see it with Nina. And that's, you know, that and combined with Cal just going off scoring is is why Nina, you know, why Nina won. And why they're going to be a tough team. Rubis is a great coach. I've, I've always said that Rubis, is, he's going to get the best out of all of his players. And they just, they got it. They, they played well and they pulled out a win at Appleton East, which would be a, a huge win going through the season as I'm assuming this is going to be pretty tight in the FEA. So I'll take the loss on this one. I, I I'll admit it. I Nina surprised me. They uh they beat a team that I had ahead of them. So it's one game. It's everyone calm down. I'm getting texts here and there like, oh where'd you have Nina? It's, hey, it's one game. It is one game. But I will take the loss as of now. I they Nina proved me wrong after one game. I maybe they're better than I originally thought. 
Now, officiating, I, 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 I get it. People are like, well, they need officials. Why don't you go fish? I don't, you don't want me officiating, trust me. I would, I would throw at so many people <laughs> in the stands and, and players and, and coaches, you name it. But the officials were bad in, in almost all the games that I watched. The, I, the Hortonville-Kimberly game, they were bad. The Nina Appleton-East game, they were, there was one where Glazer's coming down the court, and I think it was Schloman, has his arms just wrapped around his waist, like just grabbing him from behind. And they call it jump ball. And it was just, it was so bad. It was so, so bad. And I had talked to another person that had seen another game in the FEA on Friday night and just said it was, the officials were bad. It's just bad. It's just, some guys are calling everything. Other guys aren't calling anything. Like I said, in the in the East Nina game, it was, the flop was the problem. It was just, they let, the, they set the tone immediately on this flop and stuff. And it just, it, it caused it to kind of come in and out of the game at like just weird times and just, you gotta set a you gotta set a precedence right away of like, all right, this is what we're calling, this is what we're not calling. And you can't flip flop back and forth, no pun intended. And they did it they did in the East Nina game. It was just you never knew what you're gonna get. You'd hear a whistle like, oh well, now what's this one gonna be? So hopefully like the rest of the games they're gonna get better. Let's hope the officiating gets better. I know it's a tough job. It it is a tough job. I just you you want consistency above all. Above all else, you want consistency. So I'm assuming the officials will get better. Let's hope they get better, because it's gonna be a long ass year if if it is as rough as what I saw. Opening weekend. So anyone who uh, is a basketball fan, just a heads up, Wisconsin Lutheran, Contu Knippel, uh, they're coming to Nina tomorrow night, Tuesday night. I'm excited for that one. I will be there. I will be there watching. I'm excited to see that matchup. So if you don't have anything going Tuesday night, get to Nina for the matchup against Wisconsin Lutheran. Wisconsin Lutheran, by all accounts, in in my opinion, might be the best team in the state, all divisions. They really might be, and I'm hoping tomorrow night they get to you get to see how how good they really are. Contu is he's 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 amazing. He's he's probably the best player in the state all year, all 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 grades consider all ages. So that'll be fun to watch. If you can get there, I highly suggest getting to Nina tomorrow night to watch that game. It's gonna be great. Uh, all right, that'll uh, that'll do it for the high school talk. For the it's only, you know we, it was everyone basically had one game. Some game some guys played uh, some teams played twice. Played on Saturday. And we'll go, uh, we're going to try to do this. I'm going to try to do this every week, guys. I'll try to get these FEA games in a podcast every week. I'll do the the uh, power rankings for sure. If we can have time to do a podcast, we'll do a podcast for sure. College, guys, we're uh, we're about a month into the season now for college. Uh, let's start with Trimble. We're going to go through these quick, guys. And you can look these stats up, but a lot of people don't like to look up the stats. Like I said before, I'm going to do the work for you. I'll let you know. We're just going to kind of go through minutes, how many minutes these guys are playing, what they're doing scoring, if, you know, all that stuff. Trimble is playing about 12 minutes a game. He's averaging three points and, a, and one rebound. Not not getting a lot of run. North Carolina has looked awful. They were the preseason number one. They are now unranked. I think they've lost three straight. Uh, Andrew Rohde at St. Thomas is averaging 30 minutes a game. He's at almost 14 points, four rebounds, four assists. Great year for Andrew Rohde. You've, you've, I've said before, I wouldn't expect him to be back at St. Thomas next year. My assumption is he will he will transfer to a higher-level D1 school. And again, I don't know anything. It is just my my opinion. Jackson Pavletsky at Wofford, 34 minutes. He's averaging 15.2 points. He was at 16.5. Two rebounds, four assists, shooting about 48% from three. He was the second leading scorer of all freshmen in Division One. I. I checked it today. I believe he's like sixth, but he's he's right there. So Jackson is, is playing amazing at Wofford. Had a little rough of a game uh, against uh, Vanderbilt. On Saturday, I believe it was, 
But all in all, Pav is playing not like a freshman at all. And if you know Jackson Pav, you know that this is what he does well. He scores at any level. He's going to succeed scoring. I, I, I've seen it since he was in second grade. And I expect Pav, and again, I do not know anything, but my assumption is that a year from now, Jackson Pavletsky will play at, be playing at a Power 5 school, Division 1. That's just it's just where it's headed. You can't you can't play as well as he is playing as a freshman and stay put at Wofford. My assumption is he's gone. That's just again my opinion, knowing nothing about anything or what anyone has ever said, I just think to myself if you're playing that well, people are going to come knocking and you're going to move on and, and play at a higher level because you want to play at a higher level and you want to succeed at the highest level that you can. And I'm assuming that Jackson Pav is no different. He will want to do that. So we'll keep an eye on that. But he's playing awesome. Uh, if you can, he's almost all of his games are on ESPN Plus. So if you can watch him, it's it's he's fun to watch. He's 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 playing good basketball. Spreads the ball around. He's scoring when he needs to. Uh, he's playing well. Max Nelson, 14 minutes. Max Nelson's at Valparaiso, 14 minutes. He's 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 been starting the last few games, averaging about three and a half points, two and a half rebounds. Jack Camping, he's got some starters. You know, he he was starting for a bit there. He's averaging roughly three points, one rebound, two assists. Stephen Clay is playing about eight minutes a game. Uh, Danilo down at Miami has played only one game, uh, and he got two minutes in that game. So he's obviously future outlook for for Danilo. Oh, yeah, my bad. Uh, So Jack Camping's at Southern Indiana. Stephen Clay is at um, University of Illinois, Chicago. I, I talked to someone on the side and said, hey, when you're doing this pot, when you're doing the podcast and you're going through all the guys that played, you know, in Wisconsin, tell make sure you remind everyone where they're at. I just take for granted that you guys all know where everyone's playing at. So Danilo's at Miami. Uh Leon Bond redshirted, Chris Morgan redshirted, Bond's at Virginia, Morgan is at uh Purdue Fort Wayne. Let's get into the D two guys. Oh, my boy Owen Polakowski starting at St. Leo, averaging twenty four minutes. He's scoring just under seven points a game, two rebounds, one assist, shooting a blistering fifty six point three percent from three. And playing awesome defense, by the way. Owen's playing great. He's he's fitting his role nicely down at St. Leo, uh, having a great season, and I just expect him to only get better. Ty Obrowski at Winona State. He's averaging roughly seven minutes uh, per game, three points, one rebound, another. A kid that's going to get better as as the years go on. Uh, a lot of these guys just have, have a lot of these teams have seniors and juniors on their team, and you just kind of kind of have to wait your turn. Uh, the other guys, the other Wisconsin guys that are that are older around the uh, around the country, Brandon Podzemski is out of his mind at Santa Clara. He's averaging almost twenty one points a game, almost ten rebounds a game, and almost three assists a game. It's and and over two steals a game, shooting a little over forty one percent from three. He he is he is playing amazing, and we talked about it before, right? He was stuck at Illinois, didn't play, transfers to a to a team, a university that that fits, and look at the hell he's doing. Keyshawn Justice, same team, Santa Clara, averaging 10 points, four rebounds, three assists. Jordan McCabe at UNLV is averaging about 13 minutes a game, a little over three points, uh, 1.6 assists per game. Kobe Johnson at USC, 20 minutes, seven points, four rebounds, two assists. Kobe was in the starting lineup for a few games, and then I think he's back back coming off the bench. So that's the college, guys. Uh, we're almost at 20 minutes. I think that's really all I had for you guys. Uh, FEA... Power rankings on theunintentional.com. Check those out. Uh, what game am I going? What game am I going to go to this week? Let's see. Uh, Wisconsin Lutheran at Nina tomorrow night. I'm definitely going to that one. Not a lot of of great games this weekend. Um, where am I looking? At? Appleton North at Nina. I'm assuming Nina will beat that one, but I want, I want to get ch- I want to check out Appleton North at one at some point because I just think if you catch them on the right night, you, you might see something special. Appleton West is at Appleton East. 
Kimberly's down in Fond du Lac, so I probably won't go to that one. Maybe I'll go to the girls' game. Maybe I'll watch a girls' game at Kimberly. Marshfield and Kimberly play on Saturday in Kakana. I'll be there for that one. And then we probably start. Then we then we start rolling. And we get some good games that are twice a week. There's going to be some good games in the slate. So, like I said, hopefully I can do this podcast every week. Go over the FEA games. Go over the power rankings. We'll cover the the uh, college guys. We'll cover. Maybe we'll cover some uh, Hero and Halliburton. Hero's been hurt for a while. He he's been having he's had some two really good games since then. Halliburton is leading the league in assists. That is fucking insane to me that he is leading the NBA in assists. It's it's crazy. It it is crazy. Awesome to see though. Awesome to see. So that's gonna do it. This has been over and back. We will talk to you next week.